Chapter Fourteen of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter Fourteen. Miss Jane arrives. Betty had just attributed a new mood to their dear old home. It's purring yes she said looking lovingly at the revolutionary house lying low on the fresh green grass a southerly breeze rippling its vines it makes me think of a big white cat basking in the sunlight it's the picture of comfort mrs baird demurred at her figure it always seems rather selfish for a cat to take the softest and warmest spot this dear old house is generous and would take everyone under its wing it's more like a motherly white hen i agree with you mrs baird lois put in and betty and i are happy chicks to be under its wing and edwina too she added looking over to the side terrace where the set was playing little sally waters and london bridge is breaking down their pleasant lazy snatches of conversation were broken into by jack's familiar whistle followed by a rollicking shanty in the chorus of which a number of stentorian voices joined betty shaded her eyes and looked expectantly at the launch which was steaming rapidly towards their little dock there are jack dunny and yes it is mr minturn she said she glanced around hastily to see if things were presentable mr minturn was visiting the kings and had called several times at boxwood but he was still company there so betty rejoiced that he had not found her with the big gingham apron in which she helped with the luncheon dishes covering her pretty blue dress this apron was a familiar sight to jack who had more than once volunteered to don it and take betty's place lois hastily smoothed invisible creases out of her white linen that was not only exquisitely dainty but superlatively becoming as dunmore lane's eyes were quick to perceive i've just come from the city said minturn as they came up fanning themselves with their panamas and this makes me wish i'd never have to see a city again it's a living sort of place isn't it all day i have felt like stroking it said betty and she told him about their discussion of its mood it's a great contrast to the place i have come from for here you see something charming everywhere you look minturn declared i took luncheon with friends who have gone to housekeeping in an apartment uptown the street is good enough but their dining-room is in the rear and poor peggy is training herself in the art of not seeing she has all her dining-room chairs standing with their backs towards the windows she can't shut out the view with curtains for she needs the light it takes experience and talent to see new york said mrs baird smilingly but i must say that the churches there seem more beautiful than anywhere else perhaps it's the contrast there's another thing about the city that never loses its interest to me and that's the patches of sky at the end of the long avenues especially just after sunset by the way miss baird he added slyly turning to betty in scotland where your eagles live it's all beautiful of course this hit set them all off now really honestly mr minturn did you ever see my eagles in scotland pleaded betty entering into the joke 
often minturne assured her and you'd enjoy the wild tales the people tell there about werewolves and witches america's badly off in the matter of folklore oh but you forget our indian tales and as to witches we've had them protested betty stoutly we won't have salem run down that way will we mother all our ancestors came from there ah that accounts for your witchery mistress betty laughed minturne bowing betty gave him a derisive smile which the same are a wary proper remark punned jack and there are others aren't there dunny old man he added bowing to lois well i should say so agreed dunny with fervor come on lois i want to give merrylegs some sugar and i need help dunny's love for the pony had lately been waxing stronger and stronger if one could judge from the amount of sugar he fed him and lois's encouragement of his affection was not lost on betty and when it wasn't the pony it was something else they had grown into the habit of going off together to see something betty thought the thing usually rather indefinite some distance from the others hello here comes pharaoh's chariot cried jack looking down the road an old hack rattled up to the gate company coming betty he asked with a quizzical smile for this particular hack was the standing joke its wheels tended to immobility of the village betty and her mother looked surprised i can't imagine who it is said mrs baird in a low voice as betty sprang up no one has written the hack door flew back on its creaking hinges the individual within could not be seen but an immense old-fashioned bandbox covered with landscape paper bundles of all sizes and shapes wrapped in newspapers a capacious market basket a huge brownish umbrella and a carpet-bag that bloomed like a bed of peonies rejected one after another from the ancient vehicle then a pair of prunella gaiters overtopped by some inches of white stockings started nimbly down the steps of the hack at the sight of the familiar prunellas betty sped down to the gate calling back over her shoulder mother mother it's dear miss jane mrs baird hurried after her her face alight with surprise and welcome the eruption of parcels had sent jack rolling with laughter on the grass but at betty's joyful cry he straightened up hastily and said to minturne i guess i put my foot in it that time minturne's eyes however were following betty and with an i think we can help out there he strode towards the group at the gate where betty was hugging miss jane while mrs baird having quietly paid the driver began to disentangle her from the luggage that strewed her path let me take that please mrs baird called out minturne springing forward as she stooped for a bundle betty took the huge landscape bandbox from her mother and demurely handed it to the elegant diplomat oh this is a mere trifle he said blandly as he took it give me some more thank you replied betty but first you must meet one of my oldest and dearest friends miss huffnagel of weston pennsylvania miss jane this is mr minturne mr minturne bowed low over his bandbox while miss jane studied him with the unblinking curiosity of a countrywoman who has come to the city determined to see all the sights 
then she extended a long mittened hand to him pleased to meet ye but what might the young man's name be betty i'm gettin a leetle deef she leaned forward with her hand behind her ear mr minturn betty called out huh never heerd no sich name before muttered miss jane as she walked briskly towards the house betty why ain't you wrote me about this perlite young man you certainly wrote enough about brooks demanded miss jane in her sharp voice as they reached the porch betty instinctively turned towards minturn to see whether he had heard he was looking straight at her and met her stolen glance with a look that was an unstudied admixture of reproach with amusement i'm a blameless listener but i have the reward of the unscrupulous one he said in answer to betty's half-startled smile betty arched her eyebrows skeptically then turned to miss jane though with considerably heightened color what would mr minturn think miss jane had spoken as though jack had filled her letters and what different feelings she heard miss jane speaking oh i beg your pardon miss jane what were you saying she asked hurriedly miss jane did not answer but scanned her face questioningly humph what miss jane betty tried to fasten her mind on the dear old friend i said humph betty had a sense that the world had begun to whirl most unaccountably if miss jane saw something she didn't see and yes she did wish miss jane hadn't said that about dear old jack how suddenly he had become dear old jack she did not take time to think jack was presented in due form and received a more cordial greeting as miss jane had become familiar with his name through betty's letters for she had a pennsylvania dutch woman's natural reserve and in addition the distrust of strangers of a woman who has lived all her life in a rustic community edwina came running around the house to see who had arrived and miss jane met this important new member of the household with the apparently skeptical hope that she was a good leetle girl much to edwina's surprise so far in her life visitors had happily taken that for granted now dear miss jane let me show you to your room you must be tired after your long trip suggested mrs baird tired shucks said miss jane crisply i done a batch of bread before sun-up and i feel spry as a kitten they heard her answer as she mounted the steps to her room so that's miss jane well she's a peach said jack she ran me through with that sharp look of hers she's a grand woman said betty gravely a heroine she's been a seamstress all her life in a narrow valley on the susquehanna she supported her father and mother while they lived her father was doleless and her mother poorly as they say there then she helped her sister who had a drunken husband and a lot of children she's never complained and she'd be insulted if you said a word to her about her self-sacrifice she always tried to make people believe that her father was poorly too and couldn't work she never mentioned her brother-in-law oh she's full of pride bully for miss jane jack cried admiringly for he felt that he already knew her well from betty's talk about her she's certainly a brave one exclaimed minturn 
i hope i shall become well acquainted with her it's unusual to find such characters nowadays no doubt there are many of them but i haven't happened to run across them she'll make it lively enough for you warned betty laughing at her memories of miss jane's sharp tongue you'll not have a failing that she won't hold up to you yet all the time you'll feel that it's not malicious in the slightest it may sound conceited laughed back minturne but all you say only makes me more eager to know her better i wish she'd hurry and come down said jack she really doesn't need an hour to take off even that coal-scuttle bonnet and i'll bet she's not the kind to lie down in the afternoon you may be sure she isn't i don't know just what she may be doing but probably she's insisting on helping my mother at something or other from all you have told me about miss jane said minturne thoughtfully i should judge her to be a good deal like professor waite of oxford when professor freeman was once asked what professor waite was doing he replied i don't know but i should suppose he is sitting in his chair thinking how he can do some kind act to someone or else doing it end of chapter fourteen recording by holly jensen